Welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Alan Jansen, editor of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast that brings you news and commentary on the automotive aftermarket in Canada, sponsored by SiriusXM Canada. SiriusXM is making it possible for you to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash for shops for details. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Derek Soon, who leads the product development team at Dorman Products. He was recently named AIA's Young Leader of the Year. At the age of 37, he's part of the next generation that will be leading the aftermarket into the era of connected cars, electrification, and self-driving vehicles. I wanted to ask him what he makes of all the changes confronting our industry. Hello, Derek speaking. Hi, Derek. It's Alan Jensen calling. How are you doing? Hey, Alan. How are you? Good. Congratulations on your award. I'm sure it's uh, very well deserved. Uh, th- thanks. It's uh, a little unexpected, but it's much appreciated and, and very humbled and honored. You were very generous when you uh, dedicated it to Roy Shannon. That's very nice. How did you get to know Roy? Um, I met Roy probably when I first got into the industry about 10 years ago. He was working for one of our major customers out on the East Coast. And at that point in time, I really didn't know any of the industry players or the customers in that territory. So he was gracious enough to introduce me to them and, and visit and, and work with many of the customers. And then over over time, our relationship just evolved and we worked more closely together on a regular basis. Yeah, I only met him a couple of times, but he was a really great guy. Yeah, he was a, a very uh, stand-up gentleman and, you know, he, he would get his shirt off his back just to help you out. So a very good guy. Yeah. Let me start by asking you, uh, given the increasing sophistication of vehicle technology, uh, is research and development in our industry a young person's game? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't really think there's a choice. I think as vehicles are equipped with newer technology, the manufacturer and the shop owner are kind of forced to upgrade their skill set or they're going to be left behind. You know, every vehicle or related part we sell as an aftermarket community has its own product life cycle curve. Right. So as these products or SKUs go through their cycle and eventually mature to obsolescence, our aim is that other products are pushed into its replacement with hopes of maintaining that sweet spot of growth or profitability. So really, our tactic has always been to invest in our business where we can evolve and reinvent ourselves as the market dictates. Regarding a you know a person's age, if they're a young person or not, I don't really think age is is as relevant. I think for us, at least from our company's perspective, attitude and grit is more you know, the motivation for anyone to succeed. I'm sure. Although I, I would have to say that young people tend to take to the latest technology a little quicker than people that have been in the field for a while. Yeah, so it, no doubt. So if you're talking about dealing with phones or tablets or, um, you know, what people have been using as, you know, everyday devices, that's that's absolutely true. But I guess from the standpoint as the way I look at it, real technology is certain complex electronics or pieces that are now required on the vehicle that weren't before, we look at it more holistically. So from the angle of just researching what the market needs and wants and what we can do better, it's it's more from that play that I think age isn't necessarily a factor. Mm-hmm. You've worked in a few other industries. How does ours compare in attracting young talent? Um, I think we're getting better, but there's room for improvement and growth. Um, I think our industry tends to cast people in a certain role once they see he or she is effective at or good at what they do. Um, you know, some previous companies I worked at outside of this industry, it was almost expected that you would change roles almost entirely after two years mm. to get 
different expertise. Interesting. Some actually even had rotational programs so that you develop this kind of foundation of skill sets so that when you moved on to a senior role, you were prepared. So they were very deliberate about that then? They were deliberate, yeah. And I think a lot of it's cultural because, you know, for instance, for my company, they're, they're just big on you do whatever you need to get the job done. Like we, we have titles, like they absolutely exist, but you kind of wear whatever hat to make it work. So even though I work on the R&D or the product management department, we, we intertwine so closely with sales, marketing, logistics, purchasing, and engineering. You, ju- you just do whatever you need to. But I think from the standpoint of answering your question, yeah, I think there there is room for improvement. And hopefully as companies develop more of a priority to attract top talent, they can kind of invest into these programs so that they have uh, almost a bench that they continuously can pull from so that they can manage their succession planning. So we started doing that probably about a year or two ago, but I know that other companies are, are more or less in the same position as we are as well. I know some industries have a real it factor, something that draws people, especially young people, into the industry. There's a certain energy or excitement about it. And I've always thought that the automotive industry should have that as well. There's a lot of people that love cars, love car technology. And um, it seems to me we'd be a natural fit for drawing people just because, hey, you'll be working with the latest automotive technology. Yeah, I, that's absolutely correct, too. I think, you know, as these cars become more complex, they're basically supercomputers, right? So I think gone are the days where people thought, you know, oh, you had to sling wrenches to be a mechanic. Now, to be successful, at least what we see in the trade is you're, you know, you're almost a computer programmer. And uh, there, there's a real difference, I think, in stigma that existed before uh, to what the reality is of today. Yeah, it seems it seems difficult to attract young people, especially to the, the front lines of our industry, like auto repair technicians. Do you see any solutions or developments on that front? Well, that's a loaded question, but I think there's a few factors to consider. Like, I think, like what you just mentioned, the ick or the stigma factor, mm. you know, it's less about slinging wrenches and more just being like an entrepreneur that, you know, you can be very successful and, and own your practice and be quite lucrative. So. I think there's that notion that it's just a perception or an optics factor that we need to get over. But I think the other particularly difficult thing for this industry is that there's a lot of barriers of trade for someone who's young and eager to actually get involved. There's lots of training that's required, which is good because it creates a level of standardization. But the cost of equipment and tools upfront before you even see your first customer is very prohibitive. It would be interesting to see if perhaps maybe there's some type of new business model where individuals can lease all their tools and equipment rather than buy it outright and see if that might be able to attract talent. With electrification and self-driving cars coming, how do you think the auto repair and service industry will change? That's an interesting question, too, because we're seeing that right now, certainly, aren't we? Mm -hmm. But I don't really think we have to wait for full electrification to see the changes coming. Like right now, the big emergence that we see are complex electronics, Um, anything with an embedded circuit board that requires programming. Traditionalists who are solely focused on mechanical repairs will be left behind. There are many modules on the vehicle that controls various functions of their operating system. You know, you might hear acronyms like ECM, PCM, ECU, ESC. Sure. Um, that are trending. But, you know, as these vehicles are equipped with this newer technology, both the manufacturer and the shop owner must upgrade their skill set. And so, you know, a good example would be the Chevy Cruze window regulator 
you know, this is a part that requires a factory relearn procedure. Mm -hmm. And so technicians who aren't kept up to date after the installation that don't follow this procedure, they basically won't be able to service the vehicle. If you think about it from that angle where certain repairs used to be plug and play before now require programming, you know, that's certainly going to be almost a standard that you just have to get used to. So training on programming is going to be very critical in coming years. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Well, I know that you're very much involved in the uh, young professionals in the aftermarket program. Uh, what do you think the, is the biggest benefit of getting involved in that? So the YPAP has been great. I actually met the chair, Brad Cochran, before I joined. He was actually a customer of ours. He worked for Napa. So we kind of interacted before. So when he became the chair, you know, it, it felt very natural to just reach out to him and ask what it was all about. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, it's a good community to meet people, develop new friendships. Um, we we like to work, well, I like to call the fact that we like to work in uh, a big, small industry in that as big as it is, you know, there's only so many customers to call on and so many places to visit. So, you know, it's almost like a traveling roadshow with some of us manufacturers. We travel across the country. So it's, it's just kind of nice to know who you're traveling with and get to know them. So you're seeing the same faces all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other opportunity is just it's a good way to network with other industry professionals and just benchmark your career objectives for alignment. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone that's on the YPA is more or less in a mid senior position. So a lot of the career questions that pop up that are being asked are very consistent with one another. So it's a great way to use each other as a sounding board before you approach your company to see how other people would kind of go about a certain way of doing things. And that's been very helpful. So learning from each other has been huge, you know, so what what are other people doing to get recognized? What are they doing to get promoted or, or just be effective? You know, it's just sharing those best practices within and, and getting to know the people. It's been very helpful. Well, you must be uh, doing something right to win the uh, Young Leader Award. I look forward to meeting you in person at an industry event when uh, when the coronavirus is behind us. Yeah, hopefully sooner than later. This, uh, this pandemic is making everyone stir crazy, so I'm looking forward to going out. Yeah, I think we all are. Yep. Thanks so much, Derek. No problem. Thanks. Well, that's it for this episode of Auto Service World Conversations. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach me at alan at newcom.ca. As always, I'd like to thank SiriusXM Canada for sponsoring and you for listening. I'm Alan Jansen. See you next time.